are living your story right now in this moment. You know, no two stories are alike. We are all unique. We all have a different lens through which we see the world. We all have something to contribute, to share, to be. That uniqueness takes courage. It's not easy to stand in your truth. It's not easy to let yourself be vulnerable, to be really seen, to be really heard. So many of us hide. So many of us stay hidden. So many of us make the choice to step forward, to own who we are, to own our stories, to share our voice. The tide is turning. We're moving into a space of deeper vulnerability, courage, authenticity, and love. We're moving closer to greater self-love, self-acceptance, honesty, and empowerment. To get there, to get to that space, means we have to authentically share who we are. It means we have to authentically show up as our true selves. The magic is in sharing who you are. The magic is in sharing your story. That's where this series comes in. Own your voice. Love yourself. Stay true to your story. Dive deep into your vulnerability. Shine in your authenticity. Once you do, there's no stopping you. Stay honest. Stay brave. Stay true to who you are. Welcome to Seek the Joy Podcast, the power of storytelling. Hi, my name is Martha Alderson. I'm known as the Plot Whisperer. I got that name from the work that I do helping writers with the plot of their stories because as most of you know, every novel, memoir, screenplay, short story um, expects some sort of a plot. So it seemed as though lots of writers ended up coming to me at some point or another in order to get support with developing their plot. And then more recently, I started helping all creatives plot a plan to success for them to be able to realize their dream Um, share their stories, actualize what they have, you know, long to do and um, put together a plan with them for them to be able to work through the steps to get there. And then one year um, I stopped and I realized that I wasn't owning my own story, that I was actually hiding behind helping others Um, and I was hiding a dark secret. So as I was helping others, you know, become bestsellers, New York Times bestseller, earn um, literary awards, and really find their success, I was playing small. I was holding back um, because I had this secret. And so even though I had that consciousness and um, understood what I was doing, I didn't just immediately 
come out and own my own story. It actually took me years before I finally had the courage, because for me, it really took courage to be able to own the story that I had been repeatedly molested as a child. And um, the first time I did it was in a novel. You know, it's easier to write your story and fiction um, and hide behind that. And I remember I independently published it and I was so filled with trepidation. Honestly, I can't tell you how much fear it brought up in me of having that out in the open, even though I was hiding behind the characters in this situation. And then came along um, my most recent release, which is um, Boundless Creativity, a workbook that I just put out. And I, again, owned my story, stated it, and... um, and put it into the workbook, which is now published, other people are reading and, you know, working with. And, and so it's like my story is finally out of the shadows and into the light. And I really, the freedom that I felt um, from being released of the struggle with the shame and feelings of unworthiness has allowed me really never again to turn my back on myself, to own my story with pride, to be able to see what I've worked through and who I've become. And really, because of what I suffered, um, it has allowed me to be fully empathetic to others, to be sensitive and intuitive about what other people may be you know, dealing with or hiding or, um, you know, afraid of. And now I have the feeling of nothing can stop me. Uh, And I honestly feel that way. The energy and joy and the success that is coming my way because I am no longer playing small. I'm able to be who I came here to be. I'm able to authentically live in my own light and um, not worry about being judged or being um, ridiculed or, you know, made to feel bad because of whatever my past has been. And so that now has really become my biggest dream is to share the joy and not only share it, but to help others learn how to achieve it. Um, Because I have always, my inspiration behind my work has always been to support and empower women's voices. I feel like the more women's voices come forward, the more balance we'll have in this world, which is, you know, pretty much a patriarchal um, world. And women, when they are able to come fully into their own, own their voices, speak up, speak out, and speak back, will have a more balanced and um, happy place to live in the world. So that has always been my inspiration. And now that I've worked through and come out the other side of my own limitations and my own false beliefs, I have become even more passionate about wanting to support and empower women's voices. 
Because what I learned through all of this is that the self-acceptance brings such personal power that no one can stand in your way when you accept and love and care about yourself. And that we may have to go through what I call a dark night. I have this idea that there's a universal story that sort of energetically is a pathway that we're traveling along. And one of the big markers that we hit along the way is a dark night of the soul or a crisis or, you know, that moment of total breakdown in order for there to be a breakthrough. Because ultimately, many of us have to burn off that which holds us back the expectations of others, the limiting self-beliefs that we have, the false beliefs that we have, the negative, um, you know, critical voice that is nattering this negativity in our mind all the time about our lack of worthiness or we're not smart enough or, you know, we don't deserve better or whatever it happens to be. You know, sometimes we have to go through a really, really dark time to be able to ultimately come out in the light. So that now is my biggest dream is to share the joy, show others how to achieve it, how to move along this um, universal story to be able to reach their triumph and come to a place of ultimate joy and satisfaction. So personally, you know, in a self-promotional kind of way, that's, I'm hoping that the workbook, my new workbook, Boundless Creativity, will land in the hands of people who will benefit from it the most. And because I have worked with so many creative people that are incredibly brilliant, and yet they're stymied by these false beliefs and the their sense of unworthiness and the secrets that they hold and the limitations that they impose upon themselves, either themselves or that others are sort of imposing on them, and the self-doubt and the emotional traps and all the other creative blocks that all of us suffer. Um, I really want to be able to empower people, um, men and women, although it just seems as though I work uh, primarily with women, to be able to um, live their greatest life. I believe creativity allows us an opportunity to get to know ourselves on such a profound level and brings such incredible joy and inspiration by using our imagination and creating something out of nothing, just a burst of inspiration and, you know, with time and dedication that be manifests into a physical, creative, artistic work. Because I think that ultimately what we're here to do is to be able to create fearlessly, to be able to bring forth our truth without fear and, um, and share our gifts with the world around us. So thank you for the opportunity to share this with you um, on Seek the Joy. It's really been an amazing journey for me, and it's something that I um, hope others will be brave enough to walk into and that maybe my story can inspire you to walk out of the shadows and really 
live the life that you deserve and that you came here to live. So thank you. Hello, my name is Brian Hyman. I will share a bit about my story today. Thank you in advance for listening. In 2009, I was a hope-to-die drunk. I was 34 years old. I was not the typical alcoholic oftentimes portrayed in movies. I did not live homeless on the streets or under a bridge. Rather, I was college-educated. I had been raised in a good home. I was taught morals as a child. We celebrated holidays as a family. We tried to practice kindness and to be accepting and tolerant and patient as best as we could. I had everything I needed throughout my life, up until I somehow found myself addicted to alcohol, addicted to the activity of numbing myself each day, addicted to checking out, addicted to choosing to escape reality, addicted to being lazy and selfish and self-absorbed and doing the least amount possible to get by addicted to my own needs and wants and desires. I existed in a self-constructed living hell within which I nearly ended up drinking myself to death. Life is funny. It is also tragic. This is what I primarily would like to share today, the idea of perspective shared from the vantage point of being sober for over a decade now. Yes, I am now sober, and I love life, and I am so happy, and I get to be of service today, and I get to use my experiences with overcoming addiction to help others do the same. My life was spared. Thank God I found the miracle of recovery. Thank God I got another chance. I am also now a father. I have a beautiful five-year-old daughter whom I would have never met had I continued on my path of active alcoholism. I am now a yoga and meditation teacher. This was a spiritual path which I felt called to follow in my early sobriety and it has become my livelihood ever since and the platform upon which I get to share healing, recovery, and transformation, especially at a treatment center for addiction recovery in Malibu, California, where I have worked for more than eight years now. Isn't life funny? I now get the honor of being on the front lines of addiction recovery, and I feel it is truly a blessing. One day at a time, I get to try to be a helper, a giver, a friend, an example of what can happen when we have a little more fight left in us, and we try a little harder to do a little better. I am a very grateful man for all these things I just mentioned and so much more. I am truly grateful. But, as the saying goes, it takes what it takes. So I will share a little more about my story. For me to get to where I am today, it took extreme misery, sadness, grief, depression, 
anxiety, and stress. It took unemployment, loneliness, fear of others. It took feelings of not fitting in and questions of whether or not my life was worth living. These are but a few of the things it took to force me to look at my small, broken life so that I could choose something different. Even if I was not able to see what that different thing was or would become, it took these things to get me here. It also took loss. My mother passed away in 2009 from brain cancer. She was 56 years old. I got sober eight months after she left our world. This moment was the central catalyst for my personal transformation. My mother's death awakened my rebirth. This pivotal moment in my life was not only essential as the devastating loss of a loving parent, but an opportunity to examine mortality and humanity and the miracle of life. I saw that life could indeed be cut short without much warning, that we may not have all the time we think we have to do all the things we think we want to do. These lessons, as much as they pained me, were necessary for me to experience if I was to rise to the next level of my spiritual curriculum or my life training or simply where I needed to be mentally, emotionally, and physically if I was to fully inhabit, embrace, and claim the life that waited for me, the life I was destined to live, the life I am living right here, right now. Losing someone we love dearly is a tragic thing. To witness and feel such sadness and grief, this can be overwhelming and insurmountable. Yet with perspective and reflection, within these types of unavoidable experiences, we get opportunities to discover how to live life to the fullest how to get well and remain well, how to try to help others, and how to place ideals such as love and service above all other things. We learn how to let things like love and service be our template for living a good life, rather than relying on old ideas or limiting beliefs or conditioned behaviors or habit energies, or in my case, Addictions. What are you going to do with the time you have left on earth? This was the question that came to me after my mother had transitioned, and it demanded an answer. And I have spent each moment since, one day at a time, as my friends in recovery would say, trying to answer that question with my thoughts, through my words, and actions. So how do we go from living a life of pain to living a life of purpose? How do we turn our misery into our ministry or our mission statement? 
what needs to happen to transform our mess into a message of hope, healing, and transformation. I believe we must become willing to believe that all things have a purpose, that nothing happens by mistake, that all experiences are useful, that all things are teaching moments, that seeds of transformation are inherent within our thoughts, words, and actions. I believe our collective purpose is this. We are here to share our personal experience, strength, and our hope with others. We are here to share our joy, our inspiration, our authentic selves. We are here to lend a hand, a heart, a healing glance or thought or prayer. I believe we are here to share how we find and use and practice things like kindness, truth, loss, balance, goals, dreams, self-acceptance, and empowerment, how we get from there to here, how we move from darkness to light, from hate to love, from sickness to health, from insanity to soundness of mind, body, and spirit. Since I mentioned getting sober, and I believe in the power of sharing our individual experiences to find collective healing and transformation, I will give a general idea of how I achieved sobriety, in case anyone is in need of suggestions. I found 12-step meetings and fellowship with others in recovery. I attended individual therapy and group therapy. I began to pray to a God of my own understanding. I read spiritual literature. I learned to meditate. I also cried. I started to feel emotions that I hadn't felt in a long time, and I allowed myself to feel these things. I watched animated feature films. I wrote in a journal. I went on long walks. I made art of all kinds. And I practiced a lot of yoga. I also grieved sad things from my past, things I had never processed, things I stuffed so far down into my soul that they were forgotten about. I healed these things. I also celebrated joyful things. I did all of this work and my life changed. This was my path. There are many ways to get sober and many ways to change our lives. What I have shared was simply my personal experience. It is the only story I know. So please take what works and feel free to leave the rest. I would love to share a few final words about joy. I looked for joy everywhere when I was a child and a teenager and an adult. I never seemed to find it, though. Years later, I realized I hardly ever found joy because I was looking for it at the wrong times in the wrong places. I thought joy was supposed to look like prestige and power and pleasure. Now I know that joy is anywhere we choose to see it. When we shift our perspective to see that all things are part of something greater, 
joy is there. Joy is a choice. We can choose to see joy in the sunrise or the sunset, but it's also in the darkness of night, and joy is in the rain. Joy can be hidden in the biting of an apple or the closing of the eyes for a nap in the afternoon. The possibilities are endless. Joy is always there. Today I choose joy as a man, a father, a teacher, a brother, a son, a friend. I choose joy as a fellow human being on the path of life. I choose joy as a grateful recovered alcoholic. I choose joy because I know that I am alive, and you are alive, and we are here together, and being alive and being together must be one of the greatest of all miracles. I also choose joy because I know what it is to not choose joy, and I hope to never return to that state of being. Thank you for listening. Have a beautiful day. This is Seek the Joy Podcast, the power of storytelling. Join us, share your story. For more information and to get involved, visit SeekTheJoyPodcast.com. This series airs the third week of every month. And make sure to join us for Seek the Joy Tuesday. Until then, thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your bravery. Thank you for your joy. Thank you for being here. And thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.